that I am going to read an entire song. And so just stand for a while. For eight verses. Psalm 124. If that had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. One more time, verse number seven. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. I want to talk to us for a few moments today in this incredible atmosphere. The snare is broken. The snare is broken. Could we put our Bibles down? I know that we've praised the Lord a bunch here today, but let's lift our hands and open our hearts and pray that God will talk to us for the next several moments. Father, we love you. We praise you. God, we pray for a move of the Holy Ghost in the hidden parts of every life, our hearts, our minds, our spirits. We won't fail to give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's good to see my friend Harold back there. Hello, Harold. have to be careful because there's another Harold. There's Harold number one, that's Elder Sergeant. But I would never call him by his first name, so he knew I wasn't talking to him. He's the elder. The snare is broken. It is amazing to me as I look in particular at the book of Psalms, how real and open and transparent King David really was. We all want to remember our biblical heroes and our heroes of life at their high points, their mountaintop experiences, and their greatest achievements. But when you read the book of Psalms, you see many unvarnished, unguarded moments by the greatest king that the nation of Israel has ever had. 
time would fail us here this morning to begin to review some of these moments. This incredible, painful prayer of repentance that is recorded in Psalm 51. Talking about the multiplied iniquities that God would pardon him for, his transgressions, his sins. King David talked more openly about the genuine human condition than anybody else in the history of the nation of Israel. And in this incredible psalm that is immensely poetic, there are some realities that we want to discover together here this morning. First of all, is this is a unique psalm. It is definitely written by David. It is considered to be a psalm of ascent. A psalm of ascent. But it begins with a form of prose known as parallelism. Look at verse number one with us. It said, David begins by saying, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say. So he is beginning the cadence for a statement that all the nation of Israel should say. David says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us. Almost like a call and an effect. That the nation of Israel as a whole could equally share ownership in the reality of this song. King David continues in verse number three when he says, Then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Now, one of the amazing things about the life and the ministry of King David is how such an incredible man, and he was not just a great champion because he brought down Goliath. He was not just a great man because he continued to love the leader, Saul, although he was dodging spears from that leader. But David was a man that also knew how to handle his enemies. Um, and he talked about his enemies. And I want to tell you, if you're going to do anything in life, you are going to create enemies. It's just all a part of living. Somebody says, well, if you're a nice person, you shouldn't have any enemies. Well, you can tell that to Jesus when you see him on the other side. He was truth manifest in flesh, and they hung him on a cross. Enemies is a part of life, but you have to have the right kind of enemies for the right kind of reason. Are you with me here this morning? And so King David begins by talking about this experience at the hands of men. He said, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. Now this is, this is not really idiomatic, but it is a word picture that is describing literally drowning. Drowning. The picture here is that 
King David is talking about that the enemies of not just himself, but also the nation of Israel, if left to their devices, they would have overwhelmed God's man and God's people to the point of drowning them. He said in verse number four, then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul. That is talking about being submerged. Then he continues by saying, then the proud waters had gone over our soul. So he's talking about being overwhelmed. And he's talking about being submerged, devoured, if you please. And overwhelmed in waters that are far over his head. With problems with enemies, with evil intent against him. And then he makes this statement. This is really what we want to focus on for the remainder of our time together. In verse number 7 or 6, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Which meant that is a, that is a picture of if left to themselves, they would have devoured us. They would have chewed us up. They would have chewed us up and spit us out. So not only is he using the word picture of being drowning in waters, but he's also talking about being devoured and chewed up. But he makes this incredible statement in verse number 7. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare of the fowlers. And that terminology is used more than once in Scripture. The snare of the fowlers. Who were fowlers? We've heard of fishermen in the Word of God. We're familiar with them. And they, of course, use nets. Nets that uh, are weighted down to the point that they can uh, submerge and then trap fish underwater. And we're familiar with hunters that use bows and arrows, although even crude, and also use spears in their attempt to get game. But we are unfamiliar with the fowler. And the fowler definitely had an occupation in archaic times because he specifically was skilled in the taking of birds. Fishermen, of course, got fish, and hunters uh, got beasts and deer and rodents and rabbits and mammals. But only the fowler is known to have been a craftsman, an expert in taking birds. And there are several traps that are still used in very primitive areas of the world today that are still used by fowlers. One uh, of the most famous, of course, uses a snare. And when I talk about a snare, I know what I'm talking about a little bit here because I, I used to be a falconer where I had uh, birds of prey. And one of the ways that you catch a bird of prey that is in the wild is that you put um, a harness. It's a, leather, um, it's a leather strip about like this that is placed on the back of a pigeon. And on that piece of leather are 
nooses made of fish line, 10 or 15 pound fish line that are designed in such a way. You have to take a little time to make these, but they are self-closing that when you, when you put your finger in one of these, if you were to pull it all the way tight, you would never get it loose again. It's, it's self-tightening, and that is a snare. And snares were devised in such a way that if a bird was to come after breadcrumbs or if a bird was to even land on a branch, they could design it in such a way that the snare would, would catch the feet of that bird. They also used a special lime extract that they would coat the branch uh, in certain trees where birds were known to light. And as the bird would come in and perch, its claws would, would get on that lime and it would not be able to uh, extricate itself and it would be easy pickings for the fowler. Another contraption in studying for this uh, that they use is they use the old, the old box trick. And I did this even as a kid. You get a stick and a box and you put some kind of bait or food under the box, and a bird that's stupid enough to get inside that box, you're behind a, a rock or behind something about 50 feet away, and you jerk on the string, and voila, you have a captive bird. And it never worked for me, but it worked for fowlers of old. Well, there's something about the fowler that goes beyond fishermen. Probably the closest typology could be talking about fishermen. When Jesus looked at the disciples and said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He was not talking about, he was going far beyond the known physical pursuit of fish. And he was talking about the spiritual pursuit of winning souls. Somebody said amen. But when talking about the fowler, it goes beyond the physical of catching birds. And it's talking about the spiritual pursuit of the enemy of our souls. There's many places in the Word of God where it talks about how that the devil set a trap. In the book of Proverbs 6 and 5, the Bible says, Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Isaiah 8 and 15, And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and shall be snared. Jeremiah 5 and 26 for among my people are found wicked men. They lie in wait as he that set his snares. They set a trap. They catch men. The book of Job 18 and 10 says the snare is laid for him in the ground and a trap for him in the way. Probably one of the most familiar illustrations when we talk about this is found in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse number 3 where we actually see one of the characteristics, one of the manifested characteristics of the devil is to be crafty, is to be able to know how to set a trap, is to know how to catch men. And in that scripture says the apostle Paul saying, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. That word subtlety means skillful in being underhanded, being deceitful, being able to be crafty, to be cunning, to be able to put and employ evil devices. Is anybody out there today? But I want to tell you that God is greater than any paradigm of the devil. And God is greater than any plan of the devil. And God is great. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Oh, come on, put some energy into it and let's give God some praise right now.
Hallelujah. The book of James chapter number 1 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. That word enticed there is interesting because it means literally to lure by bait. It means to be lured through a stimulus. And the enemy takes good notes of our lives. And he understands our weaknesses. And he understands our flaws. And he is able to design and to craft a particular lure in an attempt to ensnare us and entrap us. Genesis chapter number 3, bringing this all together about the characterization of the devil and his motive. It says in the book of Genesis, now the serpent was more subtle. When he had a conversation with Eve, it had already been devised. It had already been crafted in such a way to produce mistrust for God and to try to reveal an alternative program that will bring more fulfillment to your life than the program that God has for you. I want to stop long enough to say this, if you're visiting this house today, that God has a plan for your life that has righteousness, it has peace, it has joy, it has gifts in the Holy Ghost, it has good things in the Holy Ghost, it has healing, it has deliverance, it has power. Oh, clap your hands and give him praise. First Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There's that being overwhelmed. That word devour is the same as being overwhelmed, to be overtaken, to be overpowered, to be overwhelmed. I want to tell you, greater is he that's in you. But ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be put to the test. I want us to clap our hands and give God the praise. God came here to set you free today. God came here to give you your wings back. God came here to give you the air back. God came here. God came here to bring you out of the trap of the enemy. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, let's, let's take a little time and praise him. Come on, somebody needs to shout right now. Somebody needs to give him praise right now. Psalm 91 and 3 makes this statement. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. The higher you have flown, the greater his devices against you. In fact, if you're with us here today, maybe you're a new convert. Maybe you're just coming into this. 
let it be known that the devil wants to take you out before you ever take flight. But once you experience what it really means to fly in the Holy Ghost, to wing your way into the presence of the Almighty God, to leave the terrestrial and the carnal and the fleshly and wing your way into the presence of an Almighty God, then the fowler begins a design. He gets into his shop and he sits down and begins to craft a plan and a program to catch you to keep you bound to the earth, to keep you bound to the carnal, to keep you bound to the negative, to keep you bound to your past, to keep you bound to your... Somebody needs... Let's clap our hands and give him great praise. Oh, come on, somebody. I absolutely love what David said. He said, our soul is escaped. Notice that he is talking about the bird. It is like the human soul that is able to take flight, that is able to escape the negativity of the present and wing its way into the rarefied atmosphere of God's presence. But listen to what the king said. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken! There is not another place in the Word of God that talks about the snare being broken. There is not another place in the Word of God that talks about evil devices that fail. But God said, though all this is against you, then all these people are against you. When the devil is against you, I'm going to break the snare and set you free. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, I'm going to fly again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glide again. I'm going to wing my way again. I'm going to take flight again. This is the only scripture in the entirety of the Word of God that said, the snare shall be broken. When God breaks your snare, you have to be ready to fly. Now, I know a little bit about birds. I was, they used to call me bird brained because I liked birds so much. But I'm going to tell you something. When a bird knows he's free, 
he ain't sticking around to ask for permission. I don't care if it's a game bird. I've seen plenty of pheasants in action, ducks, pigeons, raptors of all shape and stripe. And when that bird knows he's free, he's not going to wait till next Sunday. He's not waiting till Tuesday night Bible study. He's not waiting till Wednesday night all church prayer. He's not waiting till tomorrow morning after a cup of coffee and I feel a little bit better. When he realizes I'm free, he is out of there. In fact, in fact, I've had numerous birds of prey as a falconer, and they just in the last 20, 25 years, they have started to use telemetry. Telemetry is radio-controlled um, surveillance on that bird. You put a little transmitter on that bird, and you can follow that bird up to 15 miles away because there really is not a love affair between the, the, the falcon and, and the handler. Um, there never is. There is a conditioning where they learn that the food comes from you, that you are the provider for food. But the minute that they think they can get away from you and the minute they think that I am out of here, honey, they are on the wing. They are nothing but, uh, they're nothing but a blip on the screen. But if you have that little telemetry, you can track them down and you can get them back. But you got to use bait to bring them back. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say that when God breaks your snare, you ought not sit there. You ought not wait. Some of you have been praying for days, weeks, and months for God to break that snare. You're tired of the cycle. You're tired of the shame. You're tired of the fear. When God breaks the snare, you need to be saying, I'm out of here. I'm not waiting for a convenient season. I'm not waiting till I understand everything. I'm getting out of here right now. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, we haven't praised him enough right now. If you can fly, praise him. If you've got wings, praise him. Come on, you ain't bound to that pew. The snare is broken. You ain't bound to your past. This is a new day. Now faith. You just remain standing. You do whatever you want to do. But I've seen it happen time and time again. I've seen God have the right message. I've seen the Holy Ghost wash over an entire congregation. I've heard of people because I talk to them and they tell me what their dilemma is. And when God opens up the cage or God destroys the snare, I, I be looking because I want to rejoice with them. I'm not looking to judge anybody. I'm not looking to put anybody down. But after I've been praying with you and after I've heard your complaint, I'm saying this is for them. This is their moment. This is their opportunity. This is their chance. This is their time to take flight. This is their time to get free. And I've watched people sit there because they don't feel nothing and they don't believe nothing. I'm telling you, you can miss your opportunity. To you may be seated. See, the longer you stay in that condition, 
Maybe it's people on the job. Maybe it's people in your school. Maybe it's the negative voices in your neighborhood. Maybe it's all the stupid, negative, ignorant people on social media. But the longer that you remain in a condition of lacking total sobriety, the stronger the snare becomes. I've seen people. I've seen people when it's really time to pray and really time to dig in. And they just kind of sit there. They're just kind of going through the motions. And once again, I didn't come here to judge anybody. For heaven's sakes, no. I'm here with an answer for you. But you got to understand something. You know you ain't free. You know you're in a snare. You know you're listening to voices that are on their way to a hot, belching nightmare of regret. You know you aren't free. You know you're not liberated in the spirit. And when God comes into a service like this and said, I have broken it, it is gone. The influence is in tatters. The device is in shatters. I'm not waiting for next Sunday. I'm not waiting for a prayer meeting. I'm ready to get free today. Clap your hands and give him praise. I've come to preach to you. The snare is broken. And it's because God is for us. Let's just lift our hands where we are right now and let's pray. Let's have a little prayer meeting right now. There's nothing more frustrating to a parent than to watch their child struggle and know where that child is. And to have God gloriously come in and absolutely offer hope on a supernatural, in a supernatural way. And the Holy Ghost just seemingly put all of the affairs of life on pause and come in with one person's answer or one family's answer or one individual's answer and have that person. I'm going to tell you why that happens. It's because we get conditioned to captivity. I heard this story years ago about uh, the way that a circus, I don't know if it was Barnum and Bailey or some, some massive circus that travels the world. They condition their animals, most specifically elephants. They have some of the most well-trained elephants in the world. And it was asked to them, how did you get your elephants uh, to be so docile and, and to be so willing? They're the, they're the most fierce, they could be the most destructive animal here. He said, when they're very young, we put a rope around their foot and we, we drive a stake into the ground. No matter how much they tug on that rope, no matter how much uh, they, they wish to be free and, and, and enjoy uh, the green grass that's just several feet away, they cannot move. And they just become conditioned day after day and week after week and month after month and year after year. They think that whenever they, they, they try to, to move beyond that, they're going to feel the familiar tug of the rope, and they just give up. 
And he says, when they get a little older, we just remove the rope because they have learned uh, in their mind, they have been so conditioned that they think that that rope is there. I'm preaching to somebody here today that when you were a child, you were molested and the devil walked in and said, I'm going to put a rope around their heart and put a rope around their life. And anytime you think that maybe I could be normal and I could be free and I could have the blessings of God, that rope is there to remind you. I'm here to tell you the snare has been broken. Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to dance. Somebody ought to praise him. The snare has been broken. My God, Mama and Daddy, you ought to be on your feet saying, I hope my child gets this. I hope my husband gets this. I hope my wife gets this. Somebody! One more time, let's shout and give God the glory. Your childhood was never intended to govern you. Your childhood is under the blood, and it's buried. Every single week that we come together. See, this is why. You have to be careful that the people you hang out with on the outside of truth are not convincing you that your condition is normative and it's just the way it's going to be. See, that's, that's one of the significations, that you have lost the ability to be vigilant and you've lost the ability of your sobriety. And that's all the devil needs to move in and to make you his prey is to lose your vigilance, which means to be watching, to be aware, to always in control. You're always understanding. Every day is new. Every day has a temptation. But God's with me every day. Every week, we come together. God tries to convince us through his servant, be it the pastor, be it an evangelist, being a visiting man of God, maybe just a testimony, maybe just somebody talking about the goodness and the greatness of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 23, is God's revelation to us. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. The ministry is to so condition themselves that they are completely out of the way of God setting the bird free. It's not about the pastor. 
It's not about the pastor's likes or dislikes. It's not about who doesn't like the pastor's enemies. It's not about the pastor's protocol. It's not about the pastor. The servant of the Lord has to completely condition himself so as to get out of the way so that deliverance and freedom can take place week after week, Sunday after Sunday. And the... That's why if you're going to come to this church, I know we talk about a lot of things. I know we preach about a lot of things. But in the 21st century, honey, you need to get your wings and you need to use your wings and you need to enjoy your wings because the day's going to come that those wings that you've been using every day are going to get you out of here and take you in the rapture. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Next verse. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. There's the conditioning. We've just learned to get used to it. Somebody tell me God's got a, a word for me and a prophecy for me and God wants to use me. We just get to the place we just don't even believe it anymore. We literally oppose ourselves. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Lost hope. The imagination's been used for other things. Faith isn't really about my future. Faith is just now for the existence of God instead of the ability to dream and aspire. If God... Peradventure, stick with me here this morning, please. I've only got a few more moments left. Some of you, some people, when it gets to a place in Scripture like this, see, what you got to understand is there's a pastor that may want you more free than you want to be free. So there is a tug of war between the servant of the Lord and the power of darkness, which is why the servant of the Lord has to condition himself to such a degree that people are not put off by his attitude, his motive, his spirit. He's got to be absolutely in perfection. He has to be in alignment so that there can be a divine act of God in this eternal struggle between the snare of the fowler and people that are sitting in pews. If God peradventure, that word peradventure is an old English word. It's not even used anymore in modern vernacular. It means maybe, it means possibly, it means if, it means possibly that God possibly will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. That is not Acts 2.38. That is not the oneness of God. That is your condition. That is where you really are. That is where you really are in reality. That is where you really are in the spirit. That is where you really are in the kingdom of God. That if you respond correctly, God will grant you the opportunity to see your as you really are. Next verse. 
and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him and his will. I believe I'm going to get free today. I believe I'm going to fly today. I believe I'm going to repent today. I believe I'm going to get the Holy Ghost today. I believe you Stand to your feet and clap your hands and give God the praise. The snare has been broken. The snare has been broken. Let's remain still. I appreciate all the great singing. We got some of the most talented singers in all of Pentecost in this church. But you hear me. There is a device and a design that has been manufactured according to your weaknesses that the devil will use to ensnare you and entrap you so that that gift is never used by the glory and the Shekinah of God. Thank God for the great singing. I thank God for gray-haired, solid, praying saints. You're wonderful. You're a blessing to this congregation. But the thing that excites Cornerstone is when somebody gets their wings. You want to see what excites this congregation? It's not just this choir. It's not the new building across the street. It's not all this and that and the other. The thing that excites and has become the absolute focal point of our joy and our purpose is to see you fly again, to see you get your wings back, to see you get the atmosphere back, to see you get in the glory again, to see you get the victory, to see you get the passion, to see you get the power. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. The snare has been broken. When that snare becomes broken, you better take advantage of it. I wouldn't wait till next Sunday if I was you. I wouldn't wait till I have a convenient season like Herod when all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed and I'll make my move when I'm ready for it. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. In fact, in fact, your deliverance may come when you least expect it. It was in a Philippian jail when the clock struck midnight that a couple of horse preachers lifted up their voice and God said, I'm going to break the snare tonight. And all of the prison houses opened and all of those people on death row began to shake off their chains and began to shake it off. And they said, I'm getting out of here. I'm not waiting for tomorrow. I'm not waiting till next Sunday. I'm getting out of here. Somebody! Somebody clap your hands. Somebody lift your voice. Somebody! 
This altar is open. The snare is broken. The snare is broken. The snare is broken. This altar is now open. I'll not go one more day under the crushing heel of hell. The snare is broken. I want you to come to this altar. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your voice. I want you. Come on, somebody. Cornerstone, come and help us. I've done my job. I'm, I'm out of strength. I have proclaimed liberty. I have proclaimed your emancipation. I have proclaimed. What could keep somebody in a pew when God is saying, today is the day of salvation? Come on, lift your hands all over the front of this building. Cornerstone, help us pray. Come on, choir members, it's time to pray. Come on, band members, it's time to pray. Come on, singers, it's time to pray. Come on, Sunday school teachers, it's time to pray. Come on, church, it's time to pray. Break out. 